Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq el and you can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You will find us at Radio Islam USA. Use that same username to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, Radio.com. I could just keep going down the list, but you will find us at Radio Islam USA. So subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, don't forget to share, right? Got to share. If you like it, you know somebody else is going to like it. So go ahead and share. Uh, before we get started, want to thank our sponsor, Recycle Processes, for their continued support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, I am pleased to get into another segment of Movie Talk with my brother Bubba Murray. Uh, how are you doing, Bob? Doing quite well. Happy, as always, to be here. Yes. So we have, uh, we're going to be getting into Jack Ryan season one. And this is actually our first request. But before we do that, uh, for any of you newbies out there, uh, if this is your first time tuning in for this segment where we talk about shows that you can get into that are, that are binge-worthy, uh, binge uh, stuff you can see on most of your streaming platforms. The things that you can get, platforms, maybe a DVD here and there, or, oh, gosh, I dated myself. I'm sorry I didn't say that. I mean, you know, I might as well set a laser disc. <laughs> Not a laser disc, bro. Not a laser disc. <laughs> I, but, but, the, um, but the library is a resource. Yes. So, yeah, so, so don't sleep on the library, okay? But look, uh, family, like I said, for you newbies out there, Bubba Murray, he is an award-winning writer-director hailing from Oak Park, Illinois. Background includes receiving the ABC Writing Fellowship, writing for Desperate Housewives, participating in the NBC Diversity Scene Showcase twice, and being accepted into the Fox Writing Initiative. His short film, Robox, won the best children's film in the 2017 International Black Film Festival, and his short film, Awake, was recently seen at the American Horrors Film Festival. Right, so all you people that like to jump. Yeah, yeah, and th again, let's, let's say thank you for that. This is that was always my favorite part of the show. So I, that just we gets could, me we, going. We gets could, me we, going. We could just shut it down right now, um, but but we, we are going yeah. to honor the request. Uh, and I've got to tell you, if you have a particular series, if you've got a uh, movie, anything that's on that's accessible, you know, via those platforms, uh, let us know. You can. Shout at us on uh, Facebook at Radio Islam USA, you know, on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, or if you'd just like to send an email, you can do so. Send it to producer at radioislam.com. That's producer at radioislam.com. Okay, Jack Ryan, season one. And we might we might jump into season two a little bit, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll play around, but you know how it goes here. Yeah. We kind of go all over the place. So it, mm -hmm. where the conversation takes us, it takes us. Yes. So uh, let's first start off with most of you. Well, I shouldn't say most. Right. Us seasoned individuals. Right. We remember uh, Harrison Ford as Jack Ryan. Uh, you might even remember Ben Affleck. That's right. Or Chris Pine. Nope. Alec Baldwin. Oh, Alec Baldwin. Yes. But no, Chris, Chris, Chris Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine. I think he did uh, Jack Ryan. The most. Really? I believe so. Okay. All right. 
right. So there have been a lot of Jack Ryan. Yes. Yeah, th I think that's really the point. There's been quite a few. But the one that stuck with me most uh, when I think about him is Harrison Ford. Uh, clear, and pro uh, clear and present danger. And it was another one that he did. But, oh. Uh, uh, it is eluding me at the moment. But the newest actor to pick up the mantle uh, for which we're talking about today John Krasinski from The Office, right? Yeah, and John. so you're used to seeing him being funny, talking to a camera. Yeah. But he 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 proves in this that yeah. he really does have some dramatic action chops in him. Yeah, and yeah, I guess I don't want to I don't want to talk about it too much, but I have to say that I was really surprised to see him because I did not, you know, I didn't think this guy from The Office. This is going to be the guy? That's right. This is, it, this is the object? I mean, again, you're thinking of him in funny, romantic comedy. But he did Where it. is that going to play in this? But he did it. I mean, he absolutely did it. So he is uh, He's anchoring the show. He is Jack Ryan. Um, we got two seasons, as I said, but we're starting basically with season one. Uh, Wendell Pierce, another one of my favorites. Uh, most folks definitely know him from The Wire. Bunk Correct. from The Wire. Um, and he recently did a stint with uh, the Duchess on Suits. Oh, really? Yeah, Meghan Markle. Okay, see, all right, so that's one I have to get up on. I've yeah, heard, so I, he, I haven't watched. He actually played. This is more gossipy, but he actually played her father on Suits, mm -hmm. and he was one of the individuals. He was invited to the royal royal wedding there. In fact, uh, I well, think I mean, he for real. Or? Yeah, for, no, for real, for oh, real. Wow. So, so wow. again, they were on that show together for four or five years. He played her father. Oh. So, uh, in a sense, I, I believe in a, he probably served as her surrogate father in real life. If mm -hmm. if you follow some of the royal drama, you and, would see why. And I don't. I don't. So, <laughs> so that, but anyway. <laughs> so, he, that's all news to me. But, yeah, yeah. So, okay. he, he was part of that yeah. uh, experience. He's one of my favorite. Act, I mean, when you talk about, like, people, and you say he's one of my favorite actors as a person mm -hmm. this of course you know it has to be said i don't know him personally but he comes across as a really uh just a genuine and a thoughtful guy and then knowing some of the work that he's done especially like with the rebuilding uh and katrina him being a new orleans native um you know it just makes you feel like he's a really genuine guy so mm -hmm. and i just had to throw out one more thing for him in my family especially if i talk to my mom uh she always knows him from waiting to exhale that's right. So that's she right. still doesn't like him. Really? <laughs> because of that movie. That's why she doesn't like him. Uh, but uh <laughs> Yeah, I forgot my man was yeah. in there. He sure was. With um Leela Roshan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna cap that off right there. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep going. Um so aside from uh a really good cast, um Great direction. I want to address one of the things that may kind of jump out to our Muslim audience. And that is uh, when I talked, I talked to a friend, I said, have you seen Jack Ryan? And he says, no, and I don't plan on it. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, you know, I don't need to waste my time with one of those types of uh, series, mm -hmm. one of those types of movies or whatever. And the inference which I got from him was, I don't need to see American exceptionalism 
Um, I don't need, you know, at the, um, which, which also paints Muslims as the violent other, as right. the extremist, right? Americans are here to set everything right, and everything that's wrong, it comes from something that a Muslim has done. So I understood what he was, what he was saying, and I said, actually, I did not find that to be the case at all. I felt like it was much deeper than just, you know, these kind of very uh, clear, contrasting uh, presentations, you know, of, of right and wrong. What, what I think one of the things that's, that this show does is it, it makes duty the overarching motivation mm -hmm. for these characters, which allows you to play in these shades of gray. Mm -hmm. You know, again, there are going to be some instances that we've seen stereotypically where people... Um, where do you see they abuse their position to try and justify the means? But also that allows you to get into the character and see what's motivating them more. And so this idea of American exceptionalism, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a negative in the sense of these people, their overall duty is to try and, you, you know, look out for it, to, to get that American ideal of, of, of people having these sorts of freedoms. Mm -hmm. Now what, but the, the issue comes or, or the conflict comes in how different people approach it. And that's where it becomes interesting because again, everybody's got a little bit of baggage with them and yeah. some people will shock you on which side of these tropes that they fall on. Uh, so it, it, it again allows you to play in this world and not feel like, as you said, like it's just it's going to be about, you know, Uncle Sam versus the other. Right, right. That, and and I, I like the way you uh, way you say that that American American exceptionalism does not have to be a bad thing, and it's absolutely correct. Right. The the problem, you know, as I as I stated, it's when we only get to be exceptional at the expense of somebody else right. being, you know, unexceptional, you know, or you know, yes. inferior. But uh, for those who have not, who have no familiar, uh, famili mm. what's that word? Who have no familiarity with uh, the Jack Ryan um, series or uh, any, of, any, any of the books, you know, this is a Tom Clancy uh, creation. You know, it's one of the characters he created. Um, so Jack Ryan is a CIA analyst. And he's working a desk and finds himself out in the field. Right? And I think that's probably the, the most succinct way of, of yeah. presenting that. Right? And the story is built around that. Are we doing spoilers? Uh, yeah, we'll do some spoilers. So let's just say it right now. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert. <clears throat> If you, if, well, if, well, now are you seeing season two right now or season one spoilers? Uh, let's try to just go with season one spoilers. Okay, so with season one, there's an expectation that you may have seen it already, but it's been out a while, so it's fair game to talk about anything during season one. But That's again, right. spoiler alert officially starts now. There you go. So, um, Jack is in the middle of trying to find. Um, this terrorist who has, uh, they don't know what his plan is, but he's, he's planning something big that's going to impact uh, 
the West. We're yeah. thinking it's going to come home. They, 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 they started everything off with a attack that killed, what, supposed to be like 300 people or something like that? Yes. Yeah, like 309 or something like that. Um, and a church, 27 of those right. folks or so, I think, were said to be Americans. So they're involved and they're trying to hunt this guy down. The guy, uh, his character, the characters of... Uh, was it uh, Musa bin uh, Suleiman? Oddly enough, played by Ali Suleiman, hmm. right? <laughs> so, yeah. stretch. Give me a different name. But anyway, so, uh, but he did a fabulous job um, to me. And I think just the, the way that they, they made this be about more than just um, the, the violent Muslim, right? I think they gave context not just to him. I get, they gave context to everybody. And we're, we're used to seeing conflict on behalf of, uh, you know, on behalf of the hero. And, and, and I think that's a structure thing for this. Yeah. Uh, it get, this, isn't necessarily, this isn't necessarily about story, but what they did do is they took time to really develop the character. Yeah. So that when you have these certain reveals about why someone has approached this, has this view, or why they're violent in this way, why, or why they're patriotic in this way. They've done it by, by again, setting this up, by giving backstory and drips and drabs, not, not a lot of exposition where they give some story. They, they give visual, physical examples, flashbacks. So, so you as an audience member, again, mm-hmm. you, you're really drawn into their character. You, you can sympathize with them. And, you know, you don't have to like them. Mm-hmm. But you are sympathetic. You are empathetic. You you can understand why they would do this mm-hmm. or why they would go a certain direction. So that I thought that was really that that is a credit to the again the showrunners or whoever um, the development process of the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I thought that um, by including some of those flashbacks, actually started out the very first episode. I think it was the first episode. Was the bombing? Was that the first episode? I think. Now are you talking about the flashback to? Oh no no! It was the very first episode. I think it started out yes. with oh. the, the the bombing in. I'm not sure. I, well, I guess that was. Uh, oh, Lebanon. Yes. So the thing is, I mean, it did, but you can't. The way they do these flashbacks, you can't really tell at first. Who is a victim? Right. Um, exactly when it's happening. You you see the event. Right. And they kind of shock you with, with, with the bombing that involves um, some of the characters when they're younger, but you're not exactly. Sh- you don't know exactly when it is because, it because it's a flashback. We didn't actually know who they grew up to be at the very beginning. No, no. But here's one of those markers uh, that's in the background that lets you know. The scene that you're watching, it took place 30 years ago, mm-hmm. and that's because of what's playing on the radio. Oh, what was the song? Um, was it Mike? No, it wasn't Mike. It was um, it was it was like take 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 on me or take okay, um, it, but definitely like, it was a classic. Yeah, it was a very recognizable from the uh, from the mid 80s, <laughs> you know, rock song. And, um, yeah, so that was like, man, you listen, you, you're watching, you go, oh, okay. So, I mean, if you, as an older person, you would recognize what that was. Right. Right. 
might have been a little more difficult for, you know, a millennial maybe. Yeah, but it, but the idea is still they're they're planting these seeds right. of something happened, something to influence these characters, and then. I'd, I'd say it's almost like two stories are going on. What's what's this development? What's this origin story? Right. And then the parallel is now that this has happened, um, how are the how is everyone reacting because of what's happened in the past? I want to take a bit of a detour from uh, Jack Ryan. We, we're going to stay on it, but I just have to pause for a second. Have you seen This Is Us? Just. Like the first or couple episodes, I, it was, well, it was real sappy to me. I'll be okay. Honest. Well, but I mean, people loved it. I just was not ready for that emotional commitment. <laughs> All right. The reason I'm asking is because um, I feel like, and it may not be an influence of This Is Us, but that type of storytelling, where you're telling a story in multiple time periods, simultaneously mm. going from the past. And even into no, the future, and I then think, back to the present. I think that's very fair to say because a lot of times, again, this is this is still television. And yeah. the one thing about television, it's it's one of the least innovative mediums. No, no, no. Now we think it's very innovative, and you think they really push the boundaries yeah. because it's just visual, and there are all these different streaming things. But in reality, um, it takes a while for any sort of um, I want to say innovation to be made because it's such a collaborative industry. Yeah. And sorry, sorry for the little TV lecture that you've got to get a lot of approval for things to happen. So generally it takes a while for it to happen. So if you are, let's say you're a visual artist who works in the museum, you're doing something like that. You can do something striking and amazing whenever you want to, if you're Banksy or something like that, like it, it's still art. But when you're doing this sort of corporate type of storytelling, you've got, you've got, um, uh, Producers, you've got all these different levels of red tape. So it's not—it's not, it's not like theater where the director is the one that's really no, setting the tone no, for everything. No. So you've—you've you've, yeah, you've got all these parts of business. So by the time they finally approve something, generally it's because they saw, hey, this works someplace else. Let's do it now. Right. And so that's like sometimes you see the same type of three of the same types of movies coming out. Mm -hmm. That's why you see all the Marvel movies and the DC movies and then other superhero movies. And that's why you see, you know, the knockoff uh, movies of those movies the same way is style. So that's all to say, yes, it's very fair yeah. that something like This Is Us is doing that parallel story structure of time. Yeah, let's do it in something else. You saw it when the show, I'm sorry, but like when Modern Family came out, mm -hmm. it was sort of improv -y. Then you had a whole bunch of little shows that came out that had this improv feel. They didn't necessarily last, but they had that same. Um, they gave a template. Same template, the steady cam, similar look and stuff like that. So I, yeah. I, so I would, I agree. I think that is probably an influence in this because this definitely came out after it. And that was such a huge success. I mean, that, that these producers probably said, you know, this is a great way we can tell the story. Sorry. Now, family, stay with us here. Um, what, and this actually is sort of related to uh, Jack Ryan because it's it, this question comes from uh, the show that he's known for, uh, The Office. Right? And that was also a show that uh, was unique in the fact that, you know, it's, it's a single camera, right? Mm -hmm. One shot, you know, going around. Mm -hmm. um, that hasn't been replicated, has it? Well, I, 
Well, I would say it has been. Actually, I'd say it's been replicated a bunch of times. Oh, really? Yeah. So, first off, The Office was based off of a British show, The Office. Right. And by, it's created by the actor-comedian Ricky Gervais. Right. And I don't know if you know about this, but they've like, that's like a template, The Office template, and they have a versions of it all over the world. Right. So you take that, you have shows like Park and Rec. I know that, to me, seems like true. a total knockoff of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorites. And yeah, I mean, but but it's the same <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah. feel. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, no, I would say right now that's the main one. But just the fact that I know that that office is a for it's a template right. that you can just plug in. That I would say, uh, I would say no. I think it has been replicated many times. But that might also give credence to why you could see that with Jack Ryan. That someone recognized, oh, here's a, a template to tell us an hour-long story, let's just flip it and change the genre, meaning we'll go from romantic comedy to action, right. but we'll still have this parallel storytelling structure. All right, let me, let me ask this. You talked about character development, right, mm-hmm. and that they definitely pay attention to uh, giving you backstory, you know, uh, just kind of giving you a, a window in to... To empathize with the characters, do you think that they achieved, uh, that they overachieved, in in being able to do what they did in eight episodes, as opposed to you know twelve or you know sixteen or whatever, for one season? When when you say overachieve in the sense of, do you think do I think they did that they excelled or yeah, yeah. do you think like that was kind of a feat because it's you know. It's kind of a short season, isn't it? It's a short season, but I think only because I, I will say no. I think they they hit the marks that they wanted to hit because of the fact that we are now five six years into solid streaming. Now, being Americans and watching television, yeah. we're used to television series usually being. 22 to 26 episodes right. and when we see a short series we wouldn't call it a series we'd call it a mini series yeah or, or tv movies made for tv series mm-hmm. the rest of the world was was already was had these short series already had like uh, luther yes exactly yeah that's and that's you know from the i was very angry about that Anyway. Yeah, you know, because you think you're getting a, re- <laughs> yeah. you're thinking you're getting a full show, and like one season was three episodes. Yeah, like so. What so think? that's common other places except in the U.S. So as a viewer, we're now being trained to see these shorter shows. I mean, our viewing patterns are totally being reworked over this the last ten years. We used to have prime time or or event television where you sit at home watch TV in front of with the family. So right. now we're used to streaming, and with the streaming platform we're more we now are used to shows dropping and so what this to me is more like is a long movie i think that's how the television is going it's like long movies with big uh with these chapters that make you have to get to the next episode because you have to watch it right away you don't you can't afford to wait an episode for it to be over, and then you rev up for the next week because you're watching commercials. This is, I got to sit down, lock myself in, and then watch eight to ten hours of this show at one time. Mm-hmm. So 
So when you're approaching it that way, again, I think they hit the mark because they were prepared to do this. If this had been 2012 or 2010, mm -hmm. then I would have thought, okay, they really did something special. So here's something else. When you mentioned being able to sit down and just take eight hours, right? If you got the, the, the weekend or whatever to be able to just watch the whole season, um, then, you know, you do it. But uh, that's possible with a show like this compared to something like, uh, like Power, mm -hmm. which is just like a television show you watch on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. They drop one a week. Whereas with Jack Ryan, uh, and, and I'm not sure about, and there are plenty of other, uh, plenty of other shows, they just drop the whole season on you. Yes. You know, at one time. So do you think that there is a particular, um, is that more about just the production schedule or the intent on getting it out and then moving on to the next, um, you know, the, the next season? I, I mean, I think it's a mix of just uh, how you structure. I think it's just more about structure and getting the story out there. Because um, if I'm a producer and I'm make, making the show, and that's how I look at those sort of questions, yeah. it's first off, I just got to get my show on the air. So I don't care if they are going to air it one week at a time or or they're going to drop it at one time. The first thing is just let's get this thing greenlit. Let's get it out there. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we look at the type of show that I want to do. And it's just do I want something maybe where it's really character-based and we have a lot more twists and turns, but major twists and turns, major cliffhangers, that's where you actually might get away with this doing once a week mm -hmm. versus kind where you're just kind of pushing through. Now, I think good writing, good storytelling, it's not going to make a difference. You're just going to want to hang in there. But also, it, also, it may just come down to who is offering to buy your show. Okay. Uh, when you're going to Amazon, they... Have maybe they have an expectation that we're going to drop everything at one time. Netflix, I don't know if you noticed, like they they've been moving away from doing that whole binge watching. I'm oh, sorry, they've been moving away from binge watching. Really, some some of the shows that they do, yeah, they do once a week. Now some of them are their contest shows, okay. uh, but you're not always getting everything at one time. So I think, I think they look at what's the best way to deliver the show maybe after they've seen a few episodes. This is more for the streaming networks. For the cable networks, mm -hmm. I think they're limited to we have to do it once a week because maybe they just feel that is... You know what? I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I, and I think it's because of the platform I watch it on. I watch it, you know, I'm watching it on, um, you know, on my Roku and... Yeah, if you're watching off your set box, yeah. then you're probably... That's also how people are used to it in your, your... Yeah, so I'm just thinking everything that I'm seeing, they're streaming, but that's not the case. Some mm -hmm. of these things, they are cable-based um, mm -hmm. you know, shows. So, yeah, so again, other shows, not the Jack Ryan, but I'm thinking these... We were talking about Godfather of Harlem outside right. uh, before we jumped in. That wasn't showing yet, but what some people do, and sometimes I do, is I just wait until the season has run. Now... It, but you can do that now because yeah. the seasons are short. Yeah. So you end up getting into a show two months later. You're like, okay, let me jump into this and I'll watch it all at one weekend yeah. rather than the appointment TV where I have to watch it every week or I'm not going to get to see it again until uh, 
uh, another year. And, and if it's a show that uh, is popular, then you run the risk of being in a space and having somebody talking about it, or if you're on social media and, and you know people are posting you, about it, and that can just ruin the whole thing for you. No, you that's know? the truth. I mean, so, you, yeah, and yeah, just even today, uh, Disney Plus dropped, mm -hmm. and you know they only did one episode of Mandalorian. You know they didn't do that at one scene. So so different platforms. I think they're still trying to decide: is it better to drop everything and make you binge, mm -hmm. or do the week at a time and maybe we can grow our subscriptions because people slowly get into it. Okay. All right. So look, we're back to the Jack <laughs> Ryan. We had no. No. I mean, you know, yeah. I had to to scratch that itch. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jack Ryan is something that. Folks can can binge. They can just watch the whole thing. Watch watch uh, the, the the first two seasons. I don't know if there's gonna be a third season. I'm I don't know, but I I'm sure there will be. Okay, so let's get into uh, let's get back into kind of dissecting what some of the things that we noticed uh, and maybe appreciate, and maybe some of the things that we felt like they might they may have missed the mark on. Um, when I was looking at the show, I was thinking about it in terms of like kind of like. Um, like candy, like the outer shell and the inner shell. Right? right. So outer shell is it's a an obvious spy thriller. You know, you got the CIA analyst, you got a lot of intrigue and danger and, you know, action and stuff. And then of course, um, that also includes the usual suspects in that kind of genre. You know, you're thinking it's gonna be um, you know, the Muslims are the uh, you know, they're the placeholder right now. You know, easy for that right now. And, but the inner shell for me, uh, which really made this more than just a typical um, us versus them, good guy, bad guy kind of thing, was the themes that it picked up on. And it's odd that they took them outside of the United States to make these, uh, uh, make these um, uh, presentations, right, for us to think about, but belonging. Yeah. Right, that's one a huge theme in there: belonging, uh, conflict, uh, you know, desperation, and 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 those themes they informed how we saw how we saw the good guy and the bad guy. Yeah, and then also just loyalty in general. Just, yeah. Uh, dude, I mean, duty versus duty over loyalty, and I think it's a mm. I think it's in there. Mm. Uh, personal loyalty, that is. Yeah. Yeah. So I would start um, when I'm thinking about belonging. Um, there's a, a French detective. I don't. I don't know the. I don't have the actress's name, but she's talking to Jack Ryan, and she says, um, uh, "Oh, because he's he's talking about Musa bin uh, Suleiman, right? The 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 terrorist mastermind, and he said he he finds out that he was in in uh, French prison." at one point so they wind up in France uh, but then they also find out that he has I don't know if it's a graduate degree or whatever it is but he's a, he's got a degree and I think it's in finance right and he's I mean he's western educated yes that's yeah. that's a big thing so um, he's like he just threw it all away this is uh, Jack Ryan talking he threw it all away and you know that doesn't make any sense you know he, he could have made it out and the detective responds she says in America you can be an African and an American. You could be a Mexican and American. You could be a Polish and American. He said in in, uh, in France, you're either French or you're not. And then this is kind of buttressed by those uh, flashbacks of him 
going into job interviews, making his pitches, uh, got a suit on, shoes are jacked up, mm-hmm. right? And him not really getting a time of day from these French men, these white French men that are at the table to determine whether or not he gets access or not. And it's it's what I find interesting too is as an American, yeah. And maybe this is falling into a stereotype. I don't know, but because a lot of foreign-born students come over here, you almost assume they're going to be successful because you also know the work never they have to do to succeed here. Sure. However, a few years ago, just putting in perspective, in France there was a there were these riots that were going on in the suburbs of Paris and the Arab neighborhoods. Yeah. And just just to say, this is part of the backdrop that we don't necessarily see to understand that. The, you know, they're setting this world, and this character is coming from some place where it's not just some personal ideology that might drive him to have these sort of th- this action of vengeance or, or whatnot. But it's, there's also some societal things going on that we're not aware of mm-hmm. that, or if we do, we don't realize that certain things that we have here are parallel over there, affecting different groups, but right. still driving them to to feel out as outsiders are ostracized by the main culture. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely because he did not get those jobs. <laughs> he went in and it was very clear to him um what the issue was, right? It, 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 they were not really very subtle in their rejection of him. They were short-tempered with him and patronizing. Yeah. So so it was like uh, I think he's selling falafel or something like that as he is trying to get, you know, get that job that's the doorway to a better future, a better life. Uh, and he has his younger brother with him. Right? And, and his story is a little bit, I don't think they gave as much attention to his story as they did to um, uh, Musa, to his story. I think it was, there, there was more but, shadow I mean, around it. Well, the brother, I think, represented the vehicle that pushed Musa over the edge. Yeah. Um, so he, because he, the little brother is the one who's supposed to be protected. Right. You know, so, so you have him. He's still, but he's still, again, again he's a prop. He's, he's part of the motivation mm-hmm. for our main antagonist, let's say. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I just felt like... Um, you want to care about, and I guess you still do, you still mm. cared about what the character cared about. You cared about the brother in, in, in the sense of it's been the two of them since they lost everything, they lost their family, uh, they lost their home. And you imagine that they were representative of many other young people mm. um, when the bombing took place, right? Yeah. So, uh, and And of course... The inference is that it was, if it was not uh, the United States, that it was some Western power because, the, you know, that dropped the bombs on them, mm-hmm. right? And that's the only reason I, when I was saying my point about how they look at the brother or how he looks at the brother, it's just that as the older brother, it's just he's supposed to protect him. So right. that's why you don't spend as much time on him because you're not seeing him as someone who has his own who can make it on his own, he's still 
a supporting character. He's still someone who needs who he's still someone who's dependent on the older brother. And that way, as we're watching the show and we're focused on this older brother's uh, commitment to trying to maintain to to save his brother or raise his brother and help him out after the tragedy they've been through. So it's just, I think you kind of have that choice from this. This is just from the storytelling perspective mm-hmm. is that we're going to focus on this character. And then because if anything happens to him, to the younger brother, we see how it affects the older brother um, because he, again, is, he's the a, a more of a major character. Right. Well, okay. So yeah, looking at him like a, a vehicle for him to be able to move from one point uh, in his character progression to another. Um, yeah, I, I, I understand that. Um, so, spoiler alert, once again, he ends up, Musa ends up going to jail because he and his brother are sitting out on a, a, a bench and two police officers come up to him and they're basically just harassing him, right? So this is also that other societal element that's present, you know, how the... Um, the police apparatus is used to, or can be used to, um, uh, you know, just to kind of make a bad situation even worse yes. for marginalized communities. So his brother, I think his brother, brother's name is Ali, I think. Um, but he didn't last long. <laughs> anyway, but his brother, his brother has a, uh, a firearm on him. He's got a gun on him in his waistband. And as they're about to be searched, Musa takes the fall, right? He, he basically attacks uh, the police officers and he tells his brother to run and he ends up going to jail, right? So once again, he sacrificed himself for his brother, right? But what I think is kind of a old, um, uh, kind of a, an old and recurring theme is the impact of incarceration, right? So we don't really see anything about his time in prison, but we know that it was transformative. Um, Do you ever feel like maybe that's an overused, um, Uh, you know, kind of a a reference? I I could, I I think it is, it's, it is overused, but it's, it's easy. Yeah. Because it, you're trying to say, you know, how, how can we figure out a fast way to show this guy change and not have to get too much detail? I, I, to me, actually, this goes back to you talking about eight episodes versus 26 episodes. Uh-huh. So, okay, we came in prison, bad guy. I mean, good guy comes out, bad guy. We right. get that. I mean, we, we've been fed that so many times. So it's it's almost like a trick, you know, a cliche or some sort of manipulation of the audience to do that. Uh, there are probably other ways that you could do it, but for something like this, it works, but I think that's also how you get into that trap of saying that, oh, it's the same old thing. Guy goes to prison, comes out, and and sometimes you may lose the real factors mm. that are putting him in there, and, and, and so those seeds of his character, so, but yeah. yeah, I think that's a fair point you're making. Yeah, and I think I also had some shades of remembrance of Malcolm X, even though this this brother's obviously he's not African American, um, but the reason it came up was in that scene where his brother comes to visit him. Wasn't he wearing glasses? 
Oh, I, I almost feel like he was wearing eyeglasses. Okay. And he was not wearing eyeglasses earlier on. Um, so it just got me to thinking about that that's, even though it's a it's a often referenced uh, kind of a, you know, motif, they kind of just throw in there, you know, prison, this, you just kind of put you in the pot and you come out something else. But they don't really, they don't really deal with why Islam, or is, at least if they're presenting it like um, his religion had something to, uh, to do with the way he changed. They don't present a picture that shows what society is like, you know, in prison, that makes that the vehicle um, I think for they whatever change. I think they try to use just the idea of the, the drowning man that is just grasping for anything for air survival. So in that way, it sometimes diminishes the message because they make it seem like the person taking the message was desperate. Not that they necessarily were were part of a learning process. Mm -hmm. They feel like it was either I join a group that's going to protect me or I'm going to get killed. And and, and in that sense... uh, that's, I think, part of that. Yeah, that's that, kind that of reductive. Trick. Yeah. And yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that was definitely one of the, the big themes for me, uh, that belonging uh, piece, you know, and how unwelcoming. Well, I guess in this case, I don't, you know, I got nothing against the French personally, <laughs> but, um, but how unwelcoming French society uh, and Western society, kind of writ large, is seen by Muslim immigrant communities, um, quote unquote, right? So Mm. I thought that was interesting. And of course, many folks could say the same thing about their experiences right here in the US. Um, But like I said, I thought it was interesting that that the, 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 the setting would be France. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, that was something, they do it a little bit the second season too, but a lot of these scenes that we, the, these themes we have in America, especially about race, religion, acceptance, and belonging and culture, mm-hmm. when they said it in these other countries, uh, it's in a sense, it's easier for you to see all the different sides clearly because you you aren't influenced by just the idea of is this America? Is this happening to me? You're 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 almost seeing it from a neutral perspective because it's happening in someone else's culture, right. but you're able to recognize these similar um, issues. Yeah, what's the saying? Uh, the eye cannot see into itself, right? You, you've got to look into somebody else's or whatever. Somebody else has to look into you, you know, vice versa. All right, so uh, going back to Jack, <clears throat> there was also another uh, another quote from the movie that I think also uh, represented one of those other themes, and that was, I don't know, I don't know if I mentioned it, but just identity. Um, and same police officer, she says to Jack, she says, um, I think you have everyone fooled. I think you're a wolf, a wolf that plays at being a sheep. And I thought that was, I thought that was really telling in a way because, uh, first of all, He's a CIA agent, right? Which is, this is a, a covert, clandestine organization um, that is 
you know, where deception is kind of part and parcel of, you know, of that work, you know, establishing relationships yep. under false premises, um, you know, extracting information from folks, you know, using or looking at people as assets, right? But also in the, in this world, this Jack Ryan world, yeah. although he's, he's a desk jockey for like an analyst. Yeah. He became an analyst because he was a guy who used, he was a soldier. He, he, yeah. he's had combat experience. So that's the thing. He seems when you see the character, especially the way they've cast it with John Krasinski, it looks like an office guy <laughs> the office. Okay. Right. Uh, but <laughs> the character, the character in a sense was forced out of action because of an injury. He, sir, he received, Mm-hmm. While on while in the field, so he's combat. He's a combat experienced um, operative, and maybe not in the CIA, but he. I think he was in the army first. Uh, Marines. Marines. Okay. Well, yeah. he's a marine, mm-hmm. so he's definitely he's definitely handled himself. He knows how to use a gun. He knows how, and we see that. Right. He he knows he can he can handle himself with a weapon. He can handle himself in hand to hand combat, but. When we see him initially, we see him in certain ties. So yeah, he does look like mm-hmm. a, a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is sort of a derivation of that. Now here's a problem I have with him. He is definitely, he looks, you you would say that he looks like he's physically capable, right? Um, mm-hmm. You see him, you know, rowing, looks like, you know, athletic. You saw him, um the flashbacks of him in, in the Marines. But, man, this guy seems like he sure does get beat up a lot. <laughs> I, I, if there's anything that um, I found a little distressing about it, you you want to see the the hero as being able to actually come to somebody's aid. <laughs> but well, maybe that's why like <laughs> maybe there's a reason why he was on that desk. Oh, man, it's just uh, – is it season one when – um, that might be season two. No, it's season two. Spoiler, season two. Yeah. Fellow okay. that, that comes to uh, assassinate him uh, in the bathtub. Okay, yes, that's two. That's two. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so, all right, here it is, folks. Jack comes into his hotel room, and he hears the water running in the bathroom. He goes in there. It's full. He reaches down to turn the water off. And this guy comes out of nowhere. He's behind the door. Throws, dunks his head inside the uh, bathtub. Yeah, okay, I had a problem with that, too, because this is when I say sometimes in a show, this yeah. is, I, I guess I'm getting really technical this today. Mm-hmm. I feel like the writers, whoever put their characters in some ridiculous peril just for us to watch, because what you, the scene you're talking about is season two. Yeah. I say that because we know in season one, Jack should know better. He's gone through all this stuff. He's already <laughs> taken down a terrorist cell. Yeah. And now he goes looking after, looking for another terrorist who is a shadow hitman who he knows is incredibly dangerous. And he's already had, he's already had people he knows die and blow up and things like that. He goes into his hotel, like you said, the ho- the tub is full of water. Right. Now, there are a lot of things you're going to remember when you leave a hotel room, mm-hmm. and one of them would be, like, 
if you took a shower or whatnot, but you would know something's wrong if you walk in right. and the tub is full. And the last thing you should do as a spy is to stick your head down into the water to turn it off. The first thing you need to do is look yes. around. So yes. yes, I agree. That was just ridiculous. Amen. Amen. Yes. So, so shame on you for trying to make me think that that wasn't anything but <laughs> a, a setup. Because yeah, and. But and then it was right. His life. And it was right after that that he sent Greer to go chase down. Okay, somebody. Get, but that's a different something else. But anyway, no, we, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. But before we get to that, I'm just going to go back to once again. He's in this situation, and he is getting, you know, he is Humble. getting his clock cleaned. I mean, and um, and he doesn't. First of all, he's he looks like he's maybe six to eight inches taller than this guy. And outweighs him by a good 30 pounds. Looks like it. Now, I know it does not always come down to just height and size. You know, wait. Once again, this guy's a former Marine. At least do the reverse headbutt. Just try that first. Yeah. I, I mean, but, and then it was, it was the guy choking him and him trying to get this guy off of him. And he reaches into his pocket, pulls out the knife, little Boy Scout knife, mm. knife and starts Stab him in the leg, right? Turns around, stabs him, and it hits him in the in the face, in the eye. And what does he do? He turns over on his belly and starts trying to crawl out the room. What? I mean, where do they teach this? I mean, he didn't go to finish the guy off. Right. It it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing, and you know. So I don't know who was the. Um, because uh, I know they have uh, like uh, stunt coordinators. So no, 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 not that. I think about in terms of production, like um, where they advise you get certain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, the consult. They like a consulting. Yeah, consulting. Yeah. producer. Yeah, I don't know who that guy was, but I'm sure he was cringing. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I agree. But get, in that season, they have a lot of these moments of we got to put the guy in danger. Yeah. And it makes no sense because, like you said. The guys, he stabbed the guy in the face and instead of, and then crawls away. Yeah, like, dude, wrap him up, man. You're done, right? And, Get it over with. And and he is a spy, so he's got guns and he's got handcuffs and all these other things somewhere in his room that he could finish the guy off with. Do you remember Jeff Speakman from The Perfect Weapon? This guy was a Kempo, uh, karate kind of expert guy. Um, and he only did one movie that I can remember. I vaguely remember it. But Perfect Weapon, the guy, he would hit people with these, like, these chops really fast, you know, um, multiple strikes. And um, we used to call them Speakman chops. You know, mm -hmm. one of them, he'd give you one to the throat, you know. And anyway, I asked, all, I asked that just to, to throw out here that Jack could have gave a guy a, speak, a Speakman chop <laughs> uh, to, the, uh, to, the, uh, to the throat. He could have gave him a speak, speakman chop to the throat, and he did nothing. But look, you were mentioning another inconsistency, uh, Greer, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I well, can't believe how. Well, just just in this, and this is a season two thing. Yeah. Uh, it's spoiler, spoiler. Uh, well, I'm not going to give the full spoiler, but what I will tell you is Greer is a man of a certain age. Mm -hmm. And he's not the thinnest guy. He's so he's a he's a portly, short little guy. He's a little That's bit older. That's the important thing. Not the, the man. Of, he's a man of a certain age. Yeah, certain but he, size. He's, yeah, he's big, 
And while Jack Ryan is now getting his breath and this other one's this this guy who he stabbed in the eye and the leg is running away, he sends Greer to go chase him down the streets of um, Venezuela. And I say that because it's hot and humid. Rather than Jack doing it. Because, I mean, Garen, I know Jack fought, but he had his time to get a little breath. Yeah. Greer is not going to catch anybody. No. I mean, he's not gonna. He's not gonna catch a cold. He's not gonna catch a guy in a cab. If, I mean, if he had a cab, there's no way he's gonna catch him. He he just needed. I don't know. Greer. At best, he needed. He would have been able to get on a Moby that was jacked up. But he was not running down the streets. Oh, and in the scene, it was that uphill. Was the guy was running uphill, the whole time. And and Jack Ryan sent Greer out to go chase this guy down. That was wrong. It was not going to happen. That was it's wrong. just cruel. It's just cruel. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's no way he was going to do this. All it did was make him feel bad. Yeah. There, and you saw him run in. He uh, uh, Greer runs in the room and he asks uh, Jack, Are you okay? And Jack, Jack. go get him. <laughs> go get him. And he runs out the room. It, yeah, it was the most ridiculous thing. Um, what would have been more realistic if, if Greer had sort of gulped and said, like, oh, boy, yeah. I don't want to. Like, I would have rather had Greer say, like, I don't want to do this. Uh, but but Greer jumped into it. Like, he, and the thing, like, he thought he was going to catch him, too. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was, he was either going to have a heart attack or mm-hmm. catch this guy. And he was much closer to having a heart attack. And yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, there there's some ridiculous things. Fun show, fun action, yeah. but some of the action is just a waste for the audience because there's no way he was going to catch him. And if he did catch and him, didn't he have steppers on? Like didn't <laughs> yeah. he have like on wingtips? <laughs> he had he had on a suit in 90 degree heat, running uphill in wingtips, yeah, and like old brick. Um, the old brick streets. Yeah, you would slip and bust your whole face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's running on rocks. Yeah, there's no no traction whatsoever. But like I said, if he caught that guy, then that guy who was the assassin who tried to kill Jack Ryan, then he's even worse. Like, <laughs> you said he would he would be even worse if he would have caught. Him. Yeah, I mean, like 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 that's the worst assassin if he was able to get caught by Greer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. like that's like that's the worst thing. Like, uh, like that. I thought you were saying Greer would be in trouble. No, no, no. no I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Greer would be in trouble if he caught up to him. But I mean, if he was able, if you are a world famous assassin, I don't care if he got. Well, granted, yeah, he did get he did get stabbed in the leg and the eye. And so I don't know what's bad is that that Greer could not chase a guy. He couldn't catch up to a guy who had been stabbed in the leg and the eye. Oh, and probably in the chest too. Whose depth perception is compromised at this and point? And this guy's wearing a mask. Yeah. And a, oh, just like a guy with a mask. Each time I say it, it just sounds more ridiculous. It's like a loaf of bread container melted stick of butter. He's like <laughs> stabbed in the leg, stabbed in the eye. That guy had been beat up. Greer. He, but you knew he wasn't going to catch him. So it was. No. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> so let's go back to a, another mental lapse that we're supposed to believe happened. Okay. Jack hooks up with what turns out to be um, a former spy. Right. And she, upon exiting his room, drops a, a, a book. A, a book. 
you know, listening, listening device, some kind of surveillance device mm -hmm. in his room. And he is none the wiser. You're a spy. Shouldn't you assume that everybody that you don't know yeah. is also a spy? Especially if you have just, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're dealing with corrupt government. And in, in this one you're talking about, they're in South America. Yeah. So you happen to run into a random Westerner in yeah. a bar and you're a spy. Polyglot that you yeah. hear speaking five or six languages. And just... Just a quick name drop. The spy you're talking about, Nomi Rapace. Yeah. Or Rapace. She is, she's from the movie most recently. Well, she was in Bright, if you saw that on Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah and, I saw Bright. Yeah, and she she played the, one of the elves, like the, the killer. Oh, And she okay. was the original girl in the dragon, the girl with the dragon tattoo, the Swiss version. Really? So I don't know if you ever caught that. Uh-uh. Better than I the American. The movie, well, it's the American version was based off of like the Swiss miniseries. They had like three of them. Mm -hmm. Check that out. It's better than the American version. Really? Okay. And but I don't understand why she didn't play it in the. She played it in the Swiss version, not in the American version. I don't know why. Um, I think we can point back to what you talked about: the collaborative yeah. nature of a uh, of filmmaking and. So. Just get get anything on on but, TV. But sidebar, but I I really like the work she does. She's been doing a lot of action films recently, so mm -hmm. you know, solid. But yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, just Jack, you're Jack's kind of slipping in some of these. So. Yeah, it, it really does feel like in those moments that he is just a desk analyst. That he doesn't have any real, you know, but background. It's, but it's funny because they they play him off as being. As, as, you know, super intelligent. When you say Harrison Ford, yeah, he'd almost be a CIA version of um, Indiana Jones, right? Because he's supposed to have, you know, on one half he's he's got the action chops, and you know he, he's this brave guy, and then he's also supposed to be super intellect. So, the, and they push that forward because they always refer to him, Doctor Ryan, Doctor mm -hmm. Ryan. Yeah, and he's the numbers guy. Yeah. So, um, short season, uh, eight eight episodes each season. Um, I think they tackled what could have been a really kind of a, a, a I don't want to say pedestrian, but just not not much really different. Um, the, the, you know, a story of a when it comes to this type of genre. You know, the spy stuff, um, the terrorists. You know. I think they tackled it in a way where they gave some nuance to it. Uh, they showed the humanity. I think everybody's humanity. And and then also I think gave us kind of a, a, a chance to see how some of these realities come into being. I mean, there's a whole lot more they could have talked about. Mm -hmm. but and, I was, and with that also you had people who were challenged by what they were doing on both sides. I, I, think, I think that Greer was challenged in doing what he was doing as as well as uh i mean i think I, you didn't say it you, go ahead i, I think oh, you're on the way to dropping it go yeah ahead. so so gur's muslim yes and he is t and this is revealed and he's tasked with in a sense pursuing this stereotypical uh target mm -hmm. and that's what i think was interesting how they portrayed it because 
because it was a reveal. It, you don't you don't know this about Greer in the first few episodes, mm-hmm. and I, I for, and I kind of forget because they, there's a point in which you see him praying, but I don't easily like you don't know it's when you reveal who's praying. Mm-hmm. It's Greer, right? It's not Suleiman, and so with that, it, but at this point, the issue has been. He's he's this Muslim fundamental terrorist that we have to get, right. and then you see Greer is the person hunting him down, and at that point you see okay they're they're definitely really trying to touch on, get, you know just getting away from what are the stereotypes of whose motivations, and it's just you know so also people in the it's CIA Greer, or Greer is, yeah he's CIA so it's like also. Yeah who people are in the CIA, mm-hmm. that it's also widespread. What do they, What, whether you're different faiths, different races, uh, are in there chasing down people in the sense who have been marginalized. So then you realize in some ways that Greer has a deeper understanding and empathy for people who are marginalized, and he might be more, in some ways he's more focused mm-hmm. because he could see who's like who's is a legitimate threat or why or understand the motivations better yeah and maybe even think about um not not necessarily greer but something for us to think about is how we position faith you know when it Mm -hmm. comes to um you know just when it comes to how we see uh violence has acted out in the name of faith or how we use our faith to respond to that violence, right? I mean, so I think either way, I mean, it's it's easy to make it all about uh, religion, right? But if those two happen to be Christian folks or Buddhist or, you know, um, whatever, you know, it may be, would we think about it in the same way as we do because they both happen to be Muslim, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and, and I like that. I like that it can make us think about these different possibilities and different uh, scenarios. So um, overall, <clears throat> uh, aside from some of the, the ridiculous uh, uh, um, situations that they put Jackie in and, and even uh, Greer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or that they put themselves in, yeah, that they yeah. Were put in. Yeah, I think it's, I, I really enjoy it. I think it's a, it's a well-written, uh, acted, and just a really, really good show. Yeah, it's... It is, it, no, it's solid, and I, I, and I, and it's got a solid team behind it. And I, I apologize because I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like Carlton Cuse or one of the guys from uh, Lost, or, or or is it? Uh, or oh, that's a writer on it. One of the writers, the producers. Uh, yeah, Carlton Cuse. Okay. Yeah, yeah he. Just he when I know his name is attached to something, generally it's mm-hmm. solid action. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. It's really, I enjoy the show. I've enjoyed both seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're going to do a third season. And yeah, if you guys get a chance, check it out. It's downloadable, so you can you can binge it at home. You can binge it on your phone if you take public transportation. Watch it on the train, but do not watch it while you're driving. But, yeah, check it out. <laughs> check out Jack Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Always a pleasure, bro. We got to actually, even though we only did a few, you know, we did a few spoilers, we actually have to 
pick back up and do season two proper. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll touch back on this again. Okay. All right, Radio Slam family, we are your producers, Bubba Murray, Tariq el our executive producers, Abdelmalik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. Uh, before we leave you, I'm going to remind you once again, subscribe to the podcast at Radio Islam USA, wherever you get yours at, and make sure you're connected to us on social media at Radio Islam USA, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, we will leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can get be upon you.